time for your week daily look at the NBA and your Charlotte Hornets. It's time for the Hive O'Clock Alarm. Oh, that sounds amazing. Good morning, Hornets fans. Uh, This, David, this feels familiar. I'm not quite sure what exactly this feeling is. Yeah, yeah, it, it does feel like we've been here before, but it's been a while. Yeah, the Hornets lost. Uh, yes, indeed, they did a decisive loss that they fought back, but uh, honestly, didn't play well enough to win. I, I, I feel like there were thirteen people on the floor last night, and five of them played uh, performed well, if you will, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, or maybe even four for the Hornets. So the Hornets lose 107-96 to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, The Mavericks were coming into this game off of a five-game, I believe all on the road, losing streak. And they had slipped. They were uh, slipped all the way to 500 and down into the eighth spot uh, in the Western Conference. So this was a team, David, that was playing really for its playoff livelihood and and they came out like that i mean they came out with a ton of energy especially on the defensive end where where they were able to not only pressure the guards but also i think by aggressively fronting they took away al jefferson who pull up the stats here he was one of three from the field for seven points he did get to the free throw line but only three field goal attempts for Big Al Jefferson, who, if you remember, David, had, or if you had listened to our preview, had 31 mm-hmm. points in the last meeting. I do remember that, and I did listen. I was on our preview. <laughs> you were um, on it. That was the overall you, not not, not you specifically. <laughs> oh, that was the, what do they call it, the royal you. That's right. Uh, and yeah, it didn't feel like a game that really Big Al could get into the flow, and, and none of the Hornets could really, but um, that, that small ball lineup <clears throat> that Dallas was using, uh, and you know, I guess Charlotte tried to counter with, didn't really suit Al, I guess, but even, even then, I mean, nobody was in the flow tonight, and really, I mean, you know, if Darren Williams is going to play like he's the old Darren Williams and Chandler Parsons is going to shoot that well from three and Dirk is going to be Dirk. Um, they're going to be tough to beat. I mean, 107 points from the Mavericks, but the Hornets just didn't play well. And anybody watching that game could see that over the last, what, seven games that they've won. I mean, it's a completely different team, you know, scoring 18 points in the first quarter and 15 in the second. I don't know. I don't know what to say. They just, they didn't show up for that. I mean, 32 and 31 in the final two quarters is more like it. But by then, yeah, yeah, I guess it was too much to – they battled back, but you got the feeling that they just didn't have enough to hold the, the Mavericks off. And you got to hand it to the Mavericks, I guess. They played really well. They got a good coach, like we said. So it was a tough one. Yeah, you forgot to mention, of course, Raymond Felton, former Bobcat, former well, you Tar Hill great. <laughs> Yeah, you knew one of those threes was going to get over that front rim eventually, and it did, and it was a it was a crusher. <laughs> he can. Was, he he still has this amazing ability to, in the same game, bring your team back into it 
and then take your team out of it. It's so amazing. Like his his turnovers are beyond crippling, but the the assists that he was laying out and really the defense. I mean, Raymond I said Raymond Felton has dibs on the ice bath for the next couple of nights because he was out there scrapping, fighting. I thought he was probably most representative of of the attitude of the Mavericks, which is we're playing a must-win game. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think the, the Hornets could not respond. Really, the only way they responded were by turning the ball over. They had several tur- – I think they had eight turnovers in the second quarter when they really got behind. And – you can't you can't get behind. I don't think that this team in particular can afford to get behind early, especially when the the long bombs were not falling for Kemba, for Marvin. They were all you know kind of in an early funk, and then they started missing free throws, and it just started yeah. to all snowball. And then when you combine that with not being able to to protect the basketball, you had a recipe, I think, for for disaster. And Clifford said it after the game: too many too many missed free throws. And too many turnovers. Those kind of simple things that you you have to not do in order to stay in a basketball game, and the Hornets didn't do it. Yeah, 30 assists on 42 made field goals for Dallas, 18 assists on 32 field goals for Charlotte. So a bit of a uh, discrepancy there. And And really only – and and, sorry to interrupt, but only two guys really moving the basketball for the Hornets. That was uh, Kimball Walker and Nick Batum. So you weren't – and I think a lot of that had to do with the way that Carlisle and the Mavs schemed against the bigs. And and they weren't – they they were not letting Jefferson or – they weren't letting Zeller into the paint. And when Jefferson got the ball, they were immediately doubling – and being really aggressive with him. And so, you know, he, he didn't have those passing lanes. And, and you got to give it up to Rick Carlisle. I mean, and you mentioned yeah, it in, in our preview. I mean, just a smart coach, and he's not a fool-me-twice coach. And the Mavericks got fooled earlier in the season. They came in here. Zaza Pachulia, who got eaten alive by Big Al Jefferson in the last game, only played six minutes in this game after playing 30-plus minutes two games prior against Detroit. So, you know, they came in with a plan after losing five. It's like, we've got to beat the Hornets. And, you know, they certainly did. And they went super small. Not just, they didn't really have a small ball particular lineup. They just went small the entire game, David. Yeah. I mean, and watching Cody, poor Cody, uh, trying to stay with Dirk and just getting to run around and really tough night for Cody last night. Um, One point. Nine rebounds, over three from the floor. So it was just that. I mean, for some reason, the, the entire team looked really tired, Doug. It's you know, it's it's odd to look tired coming off of. Um, I mean, how many days do they have off? They would they play Saturday, uh, Friday, Saturday, so they had the whole weekend off, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. So, I, I don't. I, I don't know if they looked. T- I don't. I don't know if I agree with you there. I think they looked like a team, like frustrated. I think. Because, I mean, they had, and we'll talk, we're, we're going to save our talk about the referees for, got to save something for tonight's show, tonight's live show, which you can tune into at 6 p.m. on HiveTalkLive.com. But I'll just say this, I mean, they, they got into it a lot with the referees. There were some questionable calls, which we'll dig into on the live show. But um, And Clifford said it after the game, they lost their, Composure, Batum mentioned that maybe they shouldn't have, 
you know, complained about so many of the calls. And I just think that they looked frustrated. And, and I think it's a common because look, they've they've missed shots before in the first quarter. They they don't always score thirty seven points in the first quarter, <laughs> but I think in a similar way to the Atlanta game uh, several games back, they got frustrated by some really intense defense, and I think that's the concern moving forward is is how they respond to that intense defense. Yeah, I, I just thought they looked. I don't know, tired, lethargic, not, you know, not mentally there maybe is more, but obviously something wasn't right. Um, and still you got, you got 19 points from Marvin. You got the usual night from Kimba. It was eight of 18, but it was 25, nine and four. I mean, that's a sign of, <laughs> that's a sign of a, of a budding star right there. You can have a bad night and bounce back. And even Batum, 27 assists and three rebounds. I mean, you had guys step up, and Doug, when they came back, did you think they were going to hold that lead? Did you think once they got the lead, they'd be able to, to move on and get the win? Well, look, the Hornets found themselves, David, in a position that they've put the past three opponents in, and that's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know getting down early and then having to come back. And the Hornets took advantage of that in the three games prior, and you saw Detroit – uh, New Orleans, <clears throat> excuse me, and Houston, uh, give it a go either in the second quarter or the third quarter, and they couldn't come back because I don't think it was an energy thing in the fourth quarter. I just think that you know you give everything you have, you throw everything right. out there, and then the other team has a chance to respond. And yeah. Dallas, in this instance, they went to Darren Williams. Uh, they went to Raymond Felton and they went to Chandler Parsons. They didn't really go to Dirk in the fourth quarter. It was those three guys, and they stepped up and knocked down shots. And, you know, unfortunately, I think there were a couple of guys that uh, are inexperienced on this team on the bench, and Frank Kaminsky and Troy Daniels. And I thought that both Frank and Troy in the fourth quarter looked a little. Uh, I don't know what the word is. I, I don't want to say like below the moment or, or you know, the the heads underwater, but they, they certainly didn't look comfortable. Frank didn't look comfortable guarding Chandler Parsons. Troy, who had a great start to the game, had that big steal, the hustle play of the game. Mm-hmm. He looked a little he looked a little lost there trying to keep up with Darren and, and trying to keep up with uh, Ray Felton. So, you know, you just had this instance where, yeah, they they the Hornets punched back, but they punched back way too late. You know, you got to do that in the second quarter and set yourself up. And they didn't really take that opportunity. And the Mavericks were able to do to the Hornets what the Hornets have done to so many opponents during this streak. Yeah, I mean, you can't show up at halftime. And I mean, the second quarter was really bad. So uh, you know, thirty points given up there, thirty six points in the fourth quarter too. I mean, they got thirty six points to the Mavs in the fourth quarter. So I'm sure Clifford was not happy with that, but you know, I, you can't win them all. <laughs> you can't win them all, Doug. Wait, but, you but, can't? But, but, I, the, but the, that stings because that, the, yeah, no. um, that stinks because it's a home win. It would have been really nice to go, you know, to, to finish out that home stretch. But now this will be interesting, Doug, because they got to bounce back. They're going to have a young uh, fiery Orlando team coming in Wednesday after a night off. So let's see how this team responds. I mean, if they bounce back, 
after, like they did after their last loss, you'll feel a lot better about this. They can, it's still been an excellent homestand, but you don't want to drop two here at the end, I don't think. Yeah, after the game, Coach Clifford, Kemba, Batum all interviewed, and they seemed they seemed disappointed, David, but they didn't seem all of, all that concerned. And I think that's probably the right. right attitude to have because you just won seven games in a row. I mean, yeah, you're going well, look, to – and, you, yeah. and, it, and it wasn't – I mean, I think you, there is a case to be made that it wasn't your night. I mean, the free throws, you know, some of the calls, just the general play and the play of the Mavs. I mean, even though they came back, it, it was – you had that feeling that, man, this just isn't our night. And sometimes it's not in the NBA. Yeah, I, I think my only problem with that game, I thought the body language at the end of the half. I think they just let frustrations – get into their head and I think if you're looking towards the playoffs that's something that's on tape you know that's something that opponents are going to look at and say look if we can get into Kemba and and Batum if we can get into their heads play tough play tough defense play physical get into a scrap you know get a cup pick up a couple fouls that's fine as long as we get into their heads and disrupt them early we can take this team down and you know, I just think you have to have if you're especially Kemba I really thought that, like at the end of the half, Kemba just completely lost his composure. The defense broke down, and it was a part his fault because of the penetration that led to a couple of backdoor cuts. So that's the, that's the only thing I think long term I'm concerned about with this game. But we'll talk more about this game, and we will preview the matchup both with Orlando and the Heat. We pointed to, to this uh, Orlando Miami back to back as pretty much the the most important two games. Uh, for the Hornets uh, the rest of the way because of the imp- the playoff implications. The Hornets now back in sixth place. They're a, a half game back from Atlanta for the fifth seed. And, of course, Atlanta still has that tiebreaker. So the Hornets still have work to do, and, and we'll be working hard tonight. HiveTalkLive.com, 6 p.m. Listen to the live show. Until then, Hornets fans, thanks for listening. All hail the teal and purple.